Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is uh, Thursday, January 4th, the first Thursday of 2024. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? Yeah, we, we've made it through the holidays, you know, and I, I asked Papa did this to start our show, and I'll ask it to start uh, this show here. Our, Mike Samich had a take. He said the holidays are overrated, and people really don't enjoy them like they say they do. What what say you about uh, the holiday season? I I love it. I mean, I, I will say this, though. It, 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 it feels like the holiday season is more enjoyable than the actual holiday Mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Like the buildup to it is more fun than the day of, right. Or whatever, because it's just chaos. And especially, you know, with so much cases, you know, with so much's case or, you know, you and Heather or whatever, like, I mean, you're, you're kind of fortunate because Heather's family lives out way out of town. So you guys are kind of committed to either there or here. Right. But like a lot of people, you know, they might be going three different houses, in one weekend or whatever. And it's just, I do get that it's super chaotic, but for me, for, with having kids, it, it's, uh, the buildup, you know, going to see Christmas lights or going to Silver city or whatever it is like that, like the buildup is fun. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it just kind of depends on where you're, what, what you have to do. You know, I think by the sounds of it, Savage had to do a lot of traveling. Yeah, so yeah exactly. It's like, like, it like his was not enjoyable. He was just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it's over. So, uh, yeah. And you, it well, definitely gets you out of the routine. That's for sure. And it does like, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, chief, I mean, it's it, having to keep up with all that. And then, you know, the moment that, that first day he's gone and, and Christmas is over. And then I'm like, today I started taking down, I started taking down most of my Christmas decorations and it feels amazing. So it's just nice to kind of, yeah, not, I mean, it, I guess I do understand a little bit what he's saying. It, it get to a point where you're just like, okay, it's over. I'm ready to move on. So, yep. Yep. You, if you go to any store right now, it's, I mean, we've, we've moved on to Valentine's Day, so <laughs> it's <Yeah>. over. <laughs> it is it is definitely over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, now we've entered the, uh, okay, shit, it's super freaking cold outside, and it's going to snow. Uh-huh. we got to deal through, yeah, like Kevin says, we got to deal through January and February, and then we get on to March and April and, you know, spring and, and horse racing and all that good stuff, so... Yeah, no, for sure. Now, now it's, but you know what? The, the good thing about now is like golf streams back, like real golf stream championship golf stream. Yeah. So that's always fun. And Oakland's back. So it's like, yeah, it's going to be cold January, February and Santa Anita for that matter. But Hey, like you feel like racing's back a little bit. The, the, the time between the breeders cup and Christmas is always a little like, yeah, we could live without it in a way. Yeah, it's uh, what do people do in like, like, you know, I guess if you're in Florida, you do in Florida and like, and uh, in like California and stuff, whenever this after Christmas, is it just like, okay, cool. Now it's like, now we're on a summer, basically. I mean, (laughs) you know, we're for us, it's like, you kind of have to hunker down for like you say for a couple a couple months before you can start to feel like you really can enjoy things i think i think out in california you live a great life yeah. <laughs> <24/7. laughs> 
<laughs> you're not you mean you're not miserable like we are out here no <laughs> um what'd you think of the uh the old college football games the other night um yeah i thought they were great games I, I thought it was very odd how both of them happened i thought michigan looked like they were clearly a better team than alabama and they almost lost and in some ways you know easily could have lost and then washington i felt like was a, they were a lot better than texas and they almost blew it too so Two really good games. I think the two best teams won both of them, and I think it sets up a – I kind of talked about it an hour ago. It kind of sets up a – I don't have a real strong take on the national championship game. I think it's going to be a great game, but, like, from a betting standpoint, I think it's going to be tough because uh, it it definitely two contrast and styles here with Michigan and Washington. It's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, it, I text you during the game. Does like somehow in some weird way, the committee was totally wrong and totally right about these matchups because or about the top four, you know, yeah. because, you know, every, we all, everyone bitched about, you know, how could they leave so-and-so out or this didn't make sense or whatever. And then you watch the games. You're like, Oh, well that was pretty awesome. So, you know, you, it's hard to get too mad. It just, to me, it just, it magnified or put an explanation point on the, on the fact that, Thank goodness this is the last year that we're doing only four teams. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, if you want to you want to even expand out on that further, Alabama screwed up the whole playoff when they beat Georgia. And then, but you look at what Georgia did to Florida State and you're like, yeah, I mean, Georgia's still probably the best team in the country or at least one of the top two. Um, but, you know, when you only have four and a team loses, all of a sudden you can't have them in because of all the, all the other, the way it fell, like all the other factors. And then, you know, you don't have the best team in the playoff. And so that's all going to change. And imagine Georgia next year as a five seed, like they're going to look pretty dangerous. <laughs> oh, dude. I know there's going to be so many upsets in the uh, quote unquote upsets. Uh, when these, when this thing gets going, like, cause you know, you start getting, it's just going to get funky. Like you said, like when you said like Alabama screwed everything up, yeah. I mean, they deserve to be in it too. That's the thing. Oh, like they, yes. they, they were totally, they resent like resent like they were they they were respectable by every means like they you know probably could have won the game really um and so yeah. did you see by the way did you see that uh replay because i thought you know i thought it was weird and i kind of moved on because the next game and stuff but like it's like that was a weird play call right you know that last did you see the what kind of the what was supposed to happen he was supposed to cut out and yep. it was wide open it was Could've. wide open just that slow and scored i mean (laughs) yeah it was right there and for some reason he tried to just push it up the middle i don't know i I think he panicked and again i you don't really know what was going through a kid's mind but the snap what yep kevin just said it the snap was just a little bit low and he watched that game and i know you did the snaps were terrible all night dude and i think the snap was low and he panicked and he just shot up hoping he could get yeah but I don't, you got to have better, like, listen to me sitting on my fat ass on the couch, but <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you got to have that. better vision than that. I mean, you can't just run right in the middle of all of your guys and their guys. So, right. But yeah. And again, a, a lot of times with these play calls, when they don't work again, my fat ass and, and everybody that's watching will say, well, God, this play caller sucks. And then you kind of break down. Well, what? really was supposed to happen here and you go oh well if the player would have done what he was supposed to do it would have been a touchdown you know so i i know one of the ou games this year up at kansas 
Um, we got stopped on like a third down play that would have won the game if they get the first down. And I'm like, that's the worst play caller ever. You know, why did he do that? Why did he call that play? And I watch, um, I watch a show on Monday where they break down the play and the back just has to run behind two blockers and he's easily got the first down and he cut a different way. So it's like, what can you do? You know? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, especially in college, it's like, you can only call whatever you can call and then the players yeah. have to go out there and, and do it. And yeah, yeah. It's like, it's easy to say that now, obviously, you know, you're like, right. you should have cut it. Right. I mean, it was still would have been a good play. Cause he would have had to make like a little stutter kick left, but then it was wide open, but still but, in that heat of the moment. Um, what year is he? Yeah, what year is he? He might be a junior, I think, okay. or a sophomore, sophomore, or junior. He's not a senior, but uh, gotcha. look, I mean, the bottom line is for the quarterback at Alabama, you got to make that play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so that's, that's where you can at. tell at, right after he knew, you know, that he, he knew that, you know, he, he messed it up. So, yep. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for the a huge game, by the way, uh, before we move on, um, uh, where did I see it? Shoddy. I did think I, I, I know that we have some, you're a little South of us, but I, I think there's some snow possibilities tomorrow and huh. next week for sure. It sounds like, so Great. stay tuned. You know, the, the January, February snowstorms will begin. Um, probably here in the next couple of weeks, but all right. Um, before we uh, get this show started, any, any, any horses that kind of stood out to you? Um, you know, we had obviously had some, some uh, stakes races. Marty Jones was last week, like anything that mm-hmm. stood out to you, any horses, whether it be in uh, the stakes or uh, allowance or, or a maiden special weight, whatever that you're kind of like, okay, I need to pay attention to this one. Well, I mean, it was a pretty busy day for Derby runners, uh, whether it be in stakes, like you said, or, or in uh, special weights, uh, you know, born noble and imagination. Those are two horses that one made in special weights, uh, born noble was on debut and looked really sharp for Todd Pletcher at Gulfstream and imagination. It was his third race, but I thought it was a very sharp third race for Bob Baffert, uh, out at uh, Santa Anita. So two good wins there. You had the mucho macho man. I'm not sure how impressed i am out of that i think otello ran well um but i don't think it was just great and then smarty jones i thought catching freedom he was pretty green but once he kind of understood what he's supposed to do he went and got those horses in front of him i don't think he's a world beater but i thought he was pretty solid in that race it's um i do think that um that pletcher the um noble what was it noble no, uh, born noble born noble that did i from what i've been told about you know again i don't i'll try not to use too much of it but they did really like this horse and they're like well we just he's talented but we go let's see what he does in a race first and then he obviously looked very good and so i think that that horse should have some pretty high expectations i would say after i mean i think they already did yeah and uh then that solidified probably some of them he was green. Boy, was he green. Yeah. You but could tell he had talent for sure. As he was weaving in and out in the stretch, I don't not weaving in and out. He was just weaving back and forth. He was well clear of everybody else. But as he was doing it, he was lengthening. So it's like, yeah. okay, one, what's behind him probably wasn't much. But two, it's like, yeah, he was green, but he was still accelerating. So I think he's got the trainer that'll probably work out those issues and they've got the time. Like it's not March, right. Uh, where we're going to have to really fix these problems. Um, like with charge it, for example, they just, they kind of ran out of time to fix his problems here. They've got time. So I think he's, he kind of did everything the right way until the stretch basically. Yeah. And again, like that, 
that's just going to come with man, being his first start. Um, like yeah. you said too, I mean, it wasn't, he was green, but he was extending. So, <laughs> and I, I'm, and I'm with you on the, on the, the Baffert horse imagination. I thought that was a nice one. Um, you know, it, it was one of those that was kind of deceivingly for me personally, where I was like, yeah, that was okay. And then I watched it back again and I thought, well, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Um, you know, like that horse that he beat by a couple links that Sadler he had measured and then past that, it was like 15 links ahead of everybody else. I mean, it was pretty, pretty impressive. The horse was never asked, definitely bred to go long. So just one of many, right. We're going to talk about a couple other Bafferts uh, this running this weekend. There's yeah. several, right. That were, that's the one tricky part about, you know, some of these Baffert horses. We yeah. talk about it every time. When we, when we, especially during the draft and we draft them, it's like, you just hope that a couple of them stick around, you know, cause you just never know. And maybe, maybe that's one of them. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I thought it was a really good race. I, I told you, you know, yesterday or whatever day we were talking about it. I said, I thought that was your best draft pick. Like I had him rated pretty high talking about imagination. So, <laughs> uh, well, he was, he was the power play of the day. Uh, I, I played him in a big exacta with the five and I, I just, you know, Ryan texted me for the race. He goes, what do you think about the scores? I was like, I'll be shocked if he loses. He, he looks good to me. I think he's very good. Um, and I don't know. I thought he ran about like I thought he would. I thought he was good. So, um, how good? Yeah, I don't know. And again, with the Baffert situation, it's always, if they're not like tip top, we're probably just going to kind of take that time period off around the Derby. So I don't know what will yeah. ultimately end up happening with him, but I see a talented horse when I watch him. I'm going to beat everyone to it. That's listening. Um, the bar was not set too high on my draft pick. So when you say it was my best one, I appreciate it. So. Well, I mean, you did draft like Timberlake and, and coach prime <laughs> horses that I think people are still high on. I'm not really as high on them as I am on a horse like imagination. I think that's, what is Coach Prime's deal? Is that horse gonna? Has that horse had any work since the? Uh, no, does not. That's scary. So yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, Coach Prime. I'm not. That was one of those where you're like, well, he did just run him in that race. Surely he's gonna, you know, he's a huge favorite. So surely he's gonna try him again. But yeah, wouldn't be surprised one way or another if we don't, you know, if we don't see him again or if he goes on to to do some great things. So yeah, yeah. I I think I think Coach Prime. I wouldn't, I I'm not giving up on him yet, but I, I, I don't know how good he, I think he's good. I just don't know. I don't know what, what level he is. Yeah. We are in a rebuilding year. I appreciate it. I think, you know, can I, can I, can we get Kevin on my team for next year? Can we get him officially <laughs> on my team? Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe he'd help me with that first round, now. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, my, my best pick. My best draft pick does run next week. So you're yeah, gonna run. Uh, you're talking about Leslie's Rose, of course, who is entered on one eleven. Thank you, by the way, Gulfstream, for doing this. Like entering these horses, you know, um, so far in advance that so we we know the fields and it makes everything fun. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, who would have yeah. thought that's such a crazy concept too? But anyway. <laughs> yeah, weak entry. It's great. Anyway, um, in a in a uh, it's gonna be race six on one eleven there at Gulfstream, and yeah, it's a six horse field. Honestly, and I told you this after the draft, I was like, she's probably going to be pretty good. Like, that was a really good debut, but she is a sheep, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does hurt, yes. Um, not one of my finest moments, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I do think the horse is pretty good. Uh, my, my hope is that I can get a win 
out of her uh, next. Well, let's just put it this way. I'm hoping I can get a win out of her before I find another horse I want to claim. So at least the claim would only cost 15 technically versus yeah. 20. So that's my goal. Um, Kevin, I'll let you sign off on that one, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that's what we're going to do. All right, guys, let's get to today's show. We're going to give uh, preview and give picks for uh, the $200,000 San Vicente stakes. It's a grade two at Santa Anita. And the $150,000 Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct. That is a prep race for the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Both of them really are. That one technically is. Then the dudes uh, get some Red Fire picks for some of the remaining stakes races running around the country. Let's go. You know that episode of The Office when... I know you know every... You know what I'm going to say. But you know that episode of The Office when... Um, <laughs> when uh michael falls in the koi the koi pond yes <laughs> and and jim's like sometimes you just gotta lean into it you know like yeah and, and make fun of yourself and then people stop making fun of you and then he like just keeps going <laughs> he's like this, he's like i'm so dumb that you know i'm trying to yeah. go there with him i'm trying to be just just to the edge of it so that's funny <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a top five episode. <laughs> it's really good. When <laughs> Jim kind of backs off. Yeah. I watched your all time favorite last night. No, uh, it was two dinner party? Huh? Dinner party? I'm sorry. Your second all time favorite. <laughs> Which one is it? Which one? Scott's Tots. Oh, God. <laughs> oh wow that one that is it's my it's one of my favorites no doubt but it also is like the it's one of the most it is number one as far as the cringiest of the of this of the the whole series it's like you feel even though you even though you know it's not real it's like you're just like oh this is so bad scott scott's tots and the dinner party are 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 the they're just Dude. I'm with you. The dinner party is is number one. It, so it, I have like just like you and probably thousands, millions of other people. Like it's one of the it's my Seinfeld. It's my you know yeah. Park and Rec or whatever. I just put it on on the background if I'm doing stuff around the house. It's like my go to. If nothing's on, I just throw it on and whatever. Yeah. And when that show, when that episode comes on, and there's a handful of them, right? But when the dinner and it did just come on the other night. Yep. When it comes on, I stop what I'm doing and I watch the whole episode and I I. Die laughing. One of the greatest moments in television history is when, and I'm not saying that the office, I'm talking all of television history is when he's showing off his new plasma TV. And, and he goes, and watch, when you got people over, you can just push it into the wall. And it moves like two inches in. It's, oh my gosh. I die every time. It's, it is so, so funny. So funny. And I, I'm like, Kevin, you and I might be the same person. I, I, I do the same thing every night before I go to bed. I have that on. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Hey, if it, Scott, what you going to do? <laughs> do you make a dream come true? <laughs> I think one of the, the funniest moment is when Aaron's singing that on the way yeah. home, you know? <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it's oh. such a good, so good. He's it's like, so, but, so good. What you, <laughs> What you need, uh, everyone needs a, a laptop at least, and yeah. you can't. And a laptop is useless without these batteries. 
yeah. It's, that is like my go-to like all the time. But like, yeah, if you want to be put in a good mood, if, if you had a yeah. shitty day or if you've been busy or even if it's like you just want to like cleanse your palate if you've been watching yes. something crappy or whatever, just put The Office on, watch a couple episodes and you're like back back to, you know, back to neutral. So yep. 100%. I agree. All right. And they're off in the San Vicente. All right, let's go to Santa Anita on Saturday. The San Vicente Stakes, it's grade two. We're 200K. We're going seven for longs uh, for three-year-olds. And, uh, of course, this is a, no, usually the Bob Baffert uh, Stakes. Typically, when you <laughs> see a bunch of these horses, you got two and a six in here, including Muth, who would have won most years uh, of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but if not for fierceness running a massive race. Uh, four to five on Muth, pilot commander, the other Baffert at five to two. Um, I mean, you got, you know, Moonlight Sonata is a nice one for Yakteen. Slider is a nice one for Sadler. Uh, formidable man and voltage are the other two, but it definitely feels like those four are, are might be decent. It's certainly not. We know that we kind of know well. we know what Muth is, but we know what, you know, Pilot commander looks pretty good as well, but thoughts on this field thoughts on, uh, do you have any kind of take on, on Muth showing up here versus a, like a quote unquote derby prep type race out there? Well, I, he would have to wait to the Robert B Lewis. Cause they took away the sham, yeah. which, is odd so i i just think you had to kind of run here if he's ready and it is listen the san vicente historically has been a decent enough prep for the next round of preps at santa anita uh, and in other places at times as well i think back to nyquist ran in the san vicente and then went to florida for the florida derby but anyway that doesn't matter for this conversation um look when it comes to this it it, it is kind of do you want to pick a horse that you think seven furlongs is the optimal distance for that horse? Or do you want to pick the horse that has proven to be the best horse? <laughs> and I think that's, that's where it's at. So um, I, I think the number three Muth is the best horse. I think he's proven to be the best horse. I think you're right. He was basically the ran the winning race of the breeders cup. He just ran into a, a complete buzzsaw. Nobody was going to beat him, yeah. but he was pretty clear of everybody else for second. So he's a kind of a quasi breeders cup type winner. He should win against this group, even though it's not really his optimal distance. So I went number three Muth on top with that being said, I understand if you're going to go against him, if you think, Hey, I think we can beat him at this distance. Right. <laughs> to move talking about Muth, it's like, I've never felt more wrong or more right and more wrong in a race than I was after that Breeders' Cup, the juvenile. Because I was like, you know, because I think that was a tough one where you're like, do you believe in Muth? What is he going to do? You know, was that last race? You know, did he kind of come alive in that race? Or you know what I mean? And you're kind of and and I was like, I took a stand. I was like, yeah, yeah I think he, I think this is the race for him. This is going to be it. And he ran the race, and then you just got smoked. And you're just, you just <laughs> so you're like, oh yeah, I knew he'd run well, but he got beat by you know six links or whatever it was. So yeah. I, I do think he's a nice horse. Um, maybe he's not fierceness nice, but he he certainly is a nice horse. And here's the thing, too, dude. Like, I don't know what the numbers are on on, on the on the time form, but like that pilot commander's first race was nice, no doubt about it. It was a nice race, and it was on debut. He got a 75 buyer for that. Mm -hmm. That's 20 points lower than Muth ran in the in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, it's 15 points lower than Muth ran on his debut. So I just don't – it's going to take a big leap, in my opinion, unless Muth is like – just doesn't come back 
the way you know what I mean. We've which we've seen um, from juveniles that ran you know ran decent campaigns and ran the juvenile and then you know come back a little flat. That would be my only kind of pause with him, but otherwise, yep. I just think he's too classy to lose here. I, I think it's too like like take a speedboat beach for example. I know like he's an older horse now, but say if that type was in here, I would go against Muth. But I don't see like that type of up and coming like star sprinter type, like future, future, obviously star sprinter type in this race. Um, I almost, with that being said, I almost pick pilot commander because I do think he might be more of that. Hey, seven furlongs is going to be really good distance for him. He's kind of up and coming. He does get Pratt aboard. So there are some things that made me want to go pilot commander, but you also look at it. It's like Muth has shown to be a little bit faster than him. You're right. And, I just kind of think they all kind of have to rise to Muth's level in this spot. And, and that, you know, I, I was tempted by slider a little bit and moonlit Sonata a little bit as yeah. well, but end of the day, I just thought, I, I don't think they're quite ready to win a race like this with Muth in the race. Moonlight Sonata was one I almost drafted um, yeah. at some point. I don't remember which round it was, but uh, yeah, I, 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 the thing it will be interesting about this is I kind of feel like pilot commander is going to be the, I don't want to say rabbit, but he's going to be the one that's, cause I feel like those last couple of Muth, they figured out that they, he, they can sit them off, you know, um, a bit. And so whatever it is, I, I do like the fact that Muth can kind of dictate things a little bit on his own end. Um, I, I see, you know, I do. And I agree, like in a general sense, Curtis Pratt, certainly over yeah. but kind of a, yep. in this sense, like, Hernandez has been the only jockey to ever ride either one of these horses. I mean, yep. he's rode Muth every time. He's rode Pilot Commander the one time. He's he's Bob Baffert's guy, right, out west. And granted, when Pratt comes and he's riding, I mean, he tries to ride a Baffert. But in this case, it kind of feels like wherever Hernandez wasn't right, riding is where Pratt was going to end up, right? And I look at more like that versus, hey, Pratt's on the best one. That's just mm-hmm. kind of how I look at it, so... Well, and like Curtis kind of said, what if Muth actually kind of sucks? I I get what you're saying, but I just the the his races, when you go back and watch them, there's not really you can't really say, well, he kind of sucks at any of them, right? He got good. Yeah, I mean, he dominated on debut. He got beat in a sprint race by a true sprinter. He it won ran. the American Pharaoh easy. Yeah. He was like he was pretty good in the breeders cup i i you know and hey if prince of monaco was in this race maybe you think about him but you probably pick him actually but i just i don't i don't know that pilot commander i don't know that he can raise his game up to this level this quickly that that's my biggest question mark i think going forward the number one moonlit sonata I'm pretty interested to see what this horse does. I don't know that this is going to be where you see him at his best on Saturday. He has a pedigree that's pretty damn nice for going long. He looked yeah. pretty good on debut, so I would keep an eye on him as well. I mean, I'm interested in a few horses um, in this race after Saturday. He's the one, right? If, if this thing gets really funky and and horses start just, you know, fading or, you know, can't, you know, whatever they go too fast and something weird happens. Like, you Sonata has got the pedig. I mean, he, he'll keep coming. Right. And so mm-hmm. he, that's the one and maybe he probably needs longer. Like you said, 
Um, and that's what's going to be so interesting, interesting about this one is whichever Baffert it is that wins or, you know, whatever, but he feels like, or this feels like a race where you're like, okay, which, you know, a lot of times when you got these multiple Baffert horses in a race, it's kind of, you kind of feel a little bit, we saw a little bit in the futurity where you're like, okay, which one's better? You know, who's the one Mm -hmm. that you kind of want to, you know, lean on? Like if Muth weren't, didn't come back and win this race, you're kind of like, oh, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I don't love that. Right. And in the same sense, if pilot commander kind of cruises a little bit and you're like, Oh man, that might be, that might be like a real type horse right there. So it's going to answer some questions. I feel like at least some uh, general questions uh, as we start off this uh, 2024. Yep. And I, I, you know, me, I'm not really big on numbers. Uh, I, I look at them, but I don't really kind of take them and say, okay, well, highest number means best, chance to win or who, who to bet but one thing i i do like with a with the numbers on a horse is like really like consistent numbers and that's smooth like yeah. every time he kind of runs even when he is lost kind of runs the same type of race and end of the day that same type of race if he shows up with it it's probably better than this field that and that was where it kind of ended for me I haven't quite decided. Do I go three, four, or do I just go three uh, in this race? As far as uh, you know, pick four, pick five. I, I probably will go three, four, but I haven't decided that one yet. Yeah, I, I can. I can feel good about playing Muth. I think just on top. I, I would probably pull it. Just keep it simple. I don't. I don't know. I just. I think I'm going to let Pilot Commander. It's going to be too big of a jump, in my opinion. Like I said, the only way I think Muth loses is if he just simply doesn't come back, um, at, you know, from that Breeders' Cup. But it's not like it's not like it was a we, you know, April or something. I mean, it's only been it's not like it's been that long since the Breeders' Cup, and so right. I, I kind of feel like they just can keep him coming. And you got to remember too, this is a horse, you know, that it's not like he's he has ran in some big races, but I mean, he ran in four races. So it's not like he's, I mean, he should be okay. Yeah. Um, he, his works have been, and again, I don't really care about works, but when you look at like how steady has a horse kind of been yeah, <laughs> steady, like the one thing you can say about him, even in his work pattern, very consistent. He kind of is doing the same type of stuff every time you see him, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon. Dude, he hasn't, I mean, he went, the Bridge Cup was November 3rd and he worked November 15th. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, worked the 30th, he worked the 9th, he worked the 16th, he worked the 26th, he worked the first. I mean, he's hasn't really missed a step uh, when it comes to, to Bob Baffert and especially the way he trains. Um, I'd say that's a good sign. So, yep. uh, give me number three, Muth. I think uh, that's where you're going to as well. All right. Yep. Let's go to an actual. Because I mean, again, that not only is that not a derby prep. I mean, it is sort of most years it is, right? But it, it's. Not, I mean, what do you? We're not. We're not really sure what we're supposed to do with the Baffert horses. Um, yep. So really, there's nothing that can be you know taken from that race quite yet. Uh, but this one can be race three at Aqueduct. And they're off in the Jerome. This is the Jerome Stakes on Saturday. Uh, 150k going one mile for three year olds, and it is an official Kentucky Derby prep ten five. Three, two, one for your top five finishers. And there are five horses. So there you go. They're all getting, y'all get points. Uh, you got even money on drum roll, please. Uh, nine to five on El Grando for Linda Rice. 
Uh, Regalo, it's five to one, six to one. Uh, what is that? Conte? Anade? I don't know. How do you say the two? I said Conate, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah, someone can someone help us out there. Sweet Saudi Jays at eight to one. So everyone in with a shot. Drum roll, please. I don't. What do you think of this one? Because this is a horse that lost last time out pretty pretty easily, really, in the Rimson. But now you're going to have to take down even money, and he's eight to one in the Rimson. What do you think of this one? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I. I I was really disgusted with how it drew. I mean, this is just not a good race at all. Um, I do think the two, you know, last time out did face a really nice allowance field where horses are coming back to win out of. So the two makes a little bit of sense for Pletcher. But to me, I think if Drumroll, please, all all he's really got to do is just run like he did last time, and he should beat this group. I don't necessarily think Drumroll, please, is a very, you know, prominent, horse so to speak but i think in fields like this he looks pretty good so i i thought he came with a pretty nice run and he kind of flattened out a little bit last time out going a mile and an eighth i think if he kind of makes that move again going a mile i i think he'll be pretty tough to beat so i took the chalk again here oh man i yeah i couldn't do it um i certainly i mean i wouldn't be surprised in the least bit um i, I love the i just Never, I I know we say this every time, but it's like, dude. So we in December we run a mile and eighth race, and now we run a mile race. It, it makes we do the cutback a month later for three year olds. It makes no sense, but anyways, that might make the difference for the one drum roll who looked has looked pretty good going a mile. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, Magic was kind of bitching about the Sam Sente, and I was like, dude. Take a look at this one, you know, because yeah. Sam Sente is awesome uh, compared to this. I honestly, other than, I mean, I guess I could even give a shot to the three after that last race, but I, that would be the only one that I'd be kind of surprised maybe a little bit that won this one. But I think in this race, because you wouldn't be surprised if obviously Cox won, you wouldn't be surprised if the Fletcher won. Yeah. Linda Rice horse is nice. And how about the horse that I'm picking, number five, Regalo, um, at five to one? I think this is a horse that's got a shot. It hasn't lost yet. I'm sorry, lost on debut. It hasn't lost the last two, but oh, man, is this horse is just something's clicked those last two races. Now, again, they're at Laurel. Um, so you kind of have that unknown uh, of what this horse is, but drawing outside, uh, Brittany Russell trained, Children Russell riding. They team up and run, or ride, you know, 28%. And obviously, Russell's trains at like near 30 percent year round so uh one of the mile 16th one at seven furlongs once time for that i think drawing outside will be able to kind of dictate things a little bit as far as like if the pace how the pace is going to sit off and whatever training well i just think this horse is doing with the shot and i'm gonna try to upset the chalk so give me the one or i mean i'm gonna try to beat the one give me the five uh regardo did you did you like regalo at all uh, I did a little bit hard to kind of know what the, you know, how that form will translate. But yeah, I mean, Russell's a pretty good trainer uh, there in the mid Atlantic. So I, I don't think that'd be a shock. I, I'm with you. Like if any of the five win, I'm not going to be surprised really. Um, yeah. And I think my, my thoughts were a little bit like, listen, I don't like taking the chalk here. And yeah. if you're not taking the chalk, well, <laughs> take take one take the unknown and that's to me is the five is a little bit unknown given the fact that we don't it's like really good or at least it's looked really good don't know what it's going to be like in this class level yep yep um i, I guess i have to ask because it is my rule 
on all the derby preps. I, I mean, I've got to go 0.5. I mean, I have to uh, over under 0.5 uh, that get into the Kentucky Derby out of this one. It's always tricky, right? Because it's like, well, who's actually going to be up there in the winter? And if one of these horses stays, they can make it. I don't think so here, though. I really don't. I I think drumroll, please. This is the big one for him. I mean, if he loses, you may not even hear from him ever again. If he wins, maybe he is that horse that kind of just works his way in. So I, I will go under, though. I don't I'm not taking anybody. Yeah. Out of this. Curtis says under under the point yeah. five is minus four fifty on this bet. I would have to, I would have to agree. I would I would even argue to say that if you take took this group as a whole and gave me an, up until the Kentucky Derby, so let's say till May mm-hmm. three, or let's go two and a half for hor- like wins from this group. Oh, under. I think it might be under. Like, and that's. Yeah. That's kind of the, the general sense here of why, if that's an under, it's certainly an under on the on the Derby horses. Well, and you kind of said the weirdness, the rims in a mile and an eighth, then this race is a mile. They go back to a mile and an eighth for the Withers. They go back to a mile for the Gotham, and then they go back to a mile and an eighth for the Woods. So you got horses running a mile here. So even if you have one that's decent, that doesn't necessarily mean at a mile and eight, they're going to be decent. It's, it's a mess up there. Really. When it comes to aqueduct until you get to the wood, that's finally when you usually see a decent field. Remember, uh, do you remember Luga Knight? Yep. Barely, maybe slightly. Yep. yep. Won this race last year. Uh, yep. Here's a, here's a list. This is a general sense. Uh, Cavassier. <laughs> Capo Kane. I, I bet Quavassier. That was that was a good year. <laughs> Independence Hall. Yep. Mind control. Yep. Friends fire. Mind keep in mind these are all sprinters, right? Yeah, you remember uh, El Arib? El Arib, flexibility, El Kabir. Remember El yep. Kabir? Yep. Noble Moon. I'm just I mean, the list goes on. Point is, these aren't this is not the Jerome, it's not the race that you're looking for. Uh, the Derby winner in so more no give me uh, no Heichel didn't win this race I don't think he may have won the Gotham or got second in the Gotham yeah, I think it was the Gotham right right Let me, I'll look him up all right but that's a wrap on uh, the Jerome I'm going the five uh, Regalo Halterman's taking the chalk on the one drum roll please how did you spell I, his name I can't I remember well uh Hike H. It's not how it's not how Curtis spelled it there. Um, uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. The Y? No. Uh, I I know exactly who that horse was. Yeah, I can see him. I think he got second in the Gotham, but I'm I'm he may have won it, or he may have won the Jerome. Even I don't know. No, he didn't win the Jerome. He didn't win the Jerome. He wasn't on the list. Um, maybe hold on maybe it is how he spells yeah it. the gotham he closed yeah didn't he close from way out of it yeah here he is no he had it right he had it right um he was yeah he won the gotham he won the gotham yeah um who'd he be who is the he closed from way out of it let's see i'm pulling it up here uh yes he closed from way out of it he beat mind control oh, okay and he beat uh <laughs> The favorite that day was Instagram. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would not have. Uh, remember, that horse was like a lot of hype on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, big time horse. And then when they, when they, when they 
like pointed them there. Everyone was like, why? That's weird. Yeah. And yeah. Like, oh, that's why. So Heichel never won again. He was third in the woods, second in an allowance, fifth in the Gulfstream Park Mile Stakes, sixth Mr. Prospector, eighth the Fred Hooper, second in the Excelsior, and then retired. Yeah, Instagram's a horse you don't talk yeah. about much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still thinks it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, time for rapid fire. We're going to go to Gulfstream Park on Saturday. This is race number nine, the Ginger Brew Stakes. It's uh, worth 125K, going one mile on the turf for Phillies, three-year-olds. Field 12 with an also eligible added in there as well. Uh, But all the way to the outside, a 2-2-1 is your favorite life's notable. Uh, Trained by Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz has the mount, 5-2 in Ozara. A uh, nice Clement horse. Uh, really, those are your top, very clear top two choices. And then after that, it's kind of take your pick, a little grab bag. But are you going one of those two here on top? Yeah, I went with Ozara, the four horse on top. Uh, I, I think this is a pretty nice horse. Uh, did well last time here at Gulfstream Park on December 9th. Won a very similar race here. And I think we'll be pretty tough again. So I went Ozara, the four horse on top. I uh, thought about the six a little bit as well as kind of an upsetter. That was a really nice turf debut last time out for the six. So definitely gave her a long look. So four, six, that was kind of my, my top two there. Man, I was really hoping you would say the six's name to help me out a little bit, but I'm going to go with was Waskasu. No, Was- I think it's Was Waskasu. Waskas Waskasu. We can mm-hmm. stick with number six because that's easier. But that is yep. my top pick, so I appreciate you kind of like setting me up. I'm with you. I thought that uh, Dilmot trained uh, Philly was like you know the first two were on the dirt, didn't really run great. Ran some nice fields, but didn't really run great. Uh, and then last time out, the, had the break, right? We didn't see the horse since August. Had the break, came to back in November, ran on the turf at Aqueduct, and just kind of was dominant, really. Ran a yeah. huge buyer at 79. Not to say huge, but huge in, in, in uh, relation to the rest of the field and kind of right there with the rest of them anyways. And so to me, the six uh, it should have been like, I, I like the fact that the six was like, a little, it's a little bit more unknown. Um with the 12, I mean, last and audible, I, you know, ran in the Breeders' Cup last out, was 30 to 1. Um, I don't like the fact that this horse really hasn't been bet too hard the last two races. I get the why it wasn't Breeders' Cup, but even in the Miss Gorilla, wasn't bet hard at all either. Definitely gets the class relief. That should help. I think the four is the biggest threat. Um, so I like your pick there quite a bit. But uh, give me a little bit of an upsetter here at 8 to 1. I'll take the six. Anybody going to help me out? No, no one even helped. No one cares. <laughs> Number six, nope. Waskasu. Uh, Waskasu. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to what race? Uh, not that one. Yeah, the Dana, Dana, Be- Dana Beach uh, race 11 uh, with 125K going one mile on the turf. This is for three-year-olds. Uh, the boys' side, uh, 10 horses in the field. Agate Road at eight to five. Another Todd Pletcher, I ride Ortiz favorite on the outside are you going to go with this one this time i think it sets up perfectly for agate road i see a ton of speed i mean a ton of speed in this race and i i think this is a horse that if he if he gets a setup he's going to be really tough to hold off so yeah i did go with the 10 on the outside here agate road for pletcher and ortiz uh, i thought about the three for a minute i think the three uh it will be a very tough horse in this one as well but i think the 10 comes closing so give me the 10 there you go. I, I 
he's one that you know everyone remembers uh you know in the i believe wasn't it which one was it was it saratoga the main special weight where he just looked like it yeah it was they yep. had no chance yep. and then came and broke the maiden and won the pilgrim and then you know didn't run awful in the Breeders cup juvenile and finished fifth no. um but i think he's one of those horses that needs to set up uh needs kind of the the right situation maybe the right class sometimes um for him but I, I definitely take him seriously i do think the pace will be there for him uh drawing outside taking a short price i'm gonna try to beat him again or try to beat a pletcher again um give me the seven palm tree so i'm going eight to one on the in that first race i'm going six to one here uh brennan walsh uh, jose ortiz has them out this time uh you know last time out ran a, a really good third just beating a neck to noted in reminder um again this is a horse ran in the bourbon uh, two back uh, finished seventh only beaten two and a quarter but you know this is one of those he's kind of had some traffic issues as well so that's kind of the concern they put blinkers on um for him here so obviously they're trying to do a little something they've gelled them this sounds like a horse that's just been a pain in the ass <laughs> uh you know uh, but this horse has shown to have some talent in all the races just kind of been a frustrating one so Maybe the horse finally figures it out for Godolphin. Number seven, Palm Tree. Boy, this race at Oakland we're going to do, that's not good. No, no. Didn't really turn out very good, I didn't think. No. But the same, it's like, I feel like every one of these, you uh, <laughs> got the same horses in it. Uh, race nine at Oakland Park on Saturday, the Pippin Stakes. Uh, man, I can remember back in the day, like the Pippin was always like the start of our, kind of our, trips down or kind of when Oakland kind of felt to me it felt like it was officially starting yeah um <clears throat> seems like we always had a Dwayne Lucas or something in the race uh you know to, to root for yep. but here we are field of five 150k uh one was 16th miles Phillies and mares four-year-olds and up I mean look anytime you have a field of five it's rough uh when you have a field of five and none of them well I guess Tiz and Macho Girl is eight to one but past that they're all very playable prices nine to two two to one five to two nine to five i mean kind of tells you a lot about the race are you gonna bet our favorite horse no i'm not doing it don't do it i I was gonna say if you do let me tell you let me talk you out of it because i just i I can't you can't let your good friend do like continue to make the same mistake over and over i was on it you were on it i think you picked her last time she can't do it she won't win i hate her (laughs) <laughs> i hate all five of these equally um yeah <clears throat> I, first of all if if, if oakland's anywhere like last week like the six horse will win this race yes i know there's five horses but the six <laughs> will somehow win uh, you know papa dude and i talked about it now it did like monday it got a little bit better new year's day but we were talking about you know friday saturday sunday it's like it's when, when you get beat by a horse and maybe they're whatever price, 10 to one, 20 to one, but you go back and look and it's like, yeah, like I, I thought about that horse or yeah, I could see it, you know, or maybe I had it listed and then changed it. But at Oakland race after race, it just felt like you're going to be by horses that you wouldn't have played ever. Like you wouldn't have played with Dennis trustees money. You know, it's that <laughs> kind of, it's just like, I don't even know. I didn't, I didn't even know the horse was in the race. So Anyway, hopefully this week is a little bit more normal. Um, and again, I'll take prices. That's great. But give me prices that you could at least make some kind of case for. 
Number two, Misty Vale. All around to say Misty Vale, I'll pick her. She'll probably run second. You know, it, it, isn't that kind of par with the course, though, at Oakland? I mean, just it never fails. There's always there's always that stretch of races where it's just it truly is impossible. The, here's where Oakland differs from any other track I've and I've handicapped every fucking track for years. This is how they're different from everybody else. People like somebody was in the chat bitching about Turfway. When you go into Turfway, you know to play prices. You know it's it's going to happen. That's consistent. Even Kentucky Downs, you know, don't go to Kentucky Downs and play all the favorites. Like it's a you know you can expect it. So yeah, chaos happens, but you know that can happen. At this track, Oakland. Some days, if the, it is very formful. Some days, it is the exact opposite. There's never an in-between, and you never know how it's going to play one week from the next. So some some weeks, you'll watch it, and you go, well, you got to be inside. Some weeks, you'll watch it, and you go, well, you got to be outside. Sometimes, it's you got to be on the lead. Sometimes, oh, if you're on the lead, you have no chance. Day-to-day, it changes it is the quirkiest place i've ever handicapped and i mean again like you said it but just to bring it home i mean there is I, I feel very confident saying there is not a single person in our industry that handicaps more races than you mm-hmm. right very i mean i'm not that's not blowing smoke up your ass or anybody's that is 1000 percent true because i've seen it day in and day out anybody that knows alterman knows that's true you've seen them all and if you say that, <clears throat> it's true. I, I, I did the Rockets video, and I said, if you're wanting Rockets for Oakland this week, forget it. I'm not doing it because it's a waste of money, you know. And I, I get like people are going to be like, I want to play Oakland. Great, you can play it. I'm not charging you forty bucks for a sheet that's going to go for nine. I'm not going to do it because there's it's pointless. And <laughs> when I can go to Aqueduct and hit well, bets, and when I can go to Fairgrounds and hit bets, and Gulfstream and Santa Anita, you know. Well, and 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 it like just to kind of like make it a bigger thing here is like we're not going to just put out a product just because we're like oh people will buy it. It's because right. we're not like we want to. Yeah, we want people to buy it, of course, but we want it to have, be successful. We want you to continue to buy it. We want you to you buy it and and want and find use you know find it to be valuable. And if we're not confident in it, if Halterman's not feeling it, then yeah, I mean, obviously it's 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 we're not going to just put it out there to, to so someone can you know buy it. Yep. And I I watch every race and handicap every race still, and you can get premium products for it, not rockets, but the regular. And when I see that it is calmed back down to a playable level yeah it will be back but you know listen this is it this is the last thing i'll say about it you know a track is unplayable when dr tang texts you and goes your track is unplayable (laughs) he will do he will play anywhere and he texts me and he said that track is not a playable track right now period he'll play anywhere he'll sniff out winners He'll, yeah, and like when I say stuff about winners, meaning like ones that make no sense because he's good at that's what he does. If he can't find him, can't find him, then it, you might as well ask you know your little boy or something if you can you know if you yep. can help because that's really what it comes down to. Yep. The other day, Papa Dude and I had an exacta pegged with two long prices. I think it was fifteen to one and twenty six to one. 
We had it. They were 10 yards from the wire. It's an exacta that's going to pay like $800 for a dollar. And here comes a 50 to one just going by them like they were standing still. And you're just like, I pegged two long shots that ran well. And this horse that probably has never beat a horse in its life just won the race. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. That... So what can you do? And you've seen it enough to where uh, you're just like, yeah, that yeah. that's. I'll tell you what. I mean, not that. I mean, at one point. Hey, by the way, my number, my number, number one is my pick. Lovely. Okay. By the way, <laughs> I don't know if anybody cares at this point, but <laughs> I am picking Lovely Ride to win the race. I think that uh, you now, now she's back with Diodoro. Took a, you know, I think that was like because of uh, suspension, right? Was that why yep. she was not with her? Yep. With yep. Um, but Diodoro has been very good with her. Um, Listen, she was not good last time out, so we'll see if that maybe, you know, she's a six-year-old mare. Could mean that she's done. Um, but at her best last year, even in these same races, the Pippin, the Bayco, you know, she was very good. She was good. So, um, you know, from a number standpoint, she's the best horse in the race. I just got to see if she can get that back there, especially considering Ice Orchid and, and Misty Bell and some of these others mm -hmm. are going to take money. Give me the one lovely ride uh, <clears throat> to win here. I was going to say, though, one of the, the things that I think is uh, the most difficult and admiral thing like that you do, that you have to do for the site that people probably don't realize is like, imagine everybody. Well, for instance, we had and I think most people like in, in the country really did had the worst. And I mean this like I'm not like the worst betting day of our lives in the Kentucky Derby this yep. last year. Yep. Like every day it, you bought the Bible. We refunded anybody that asked. It was awful. Yep. Totally a disaster. Like just you, you couldn't make it up. Halterman has to sit down. You know, for me, I'm like, I'm fucking like, I need to walk. I need to, <laughs> I, I need to go like, yeah. just leave for, you know, everyone, you know, it needs to escape. Halterman has to sit down and handicap Sunday's racing at blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm in Monday's racing and get right back to it. And I don't think people, I mean, yeah, some people might, but I don't think people really understand what that takes mentally, because for me, I couldn't do it. You. And so for somebody to, you know, like you say, when you're like, oh, I got beat by this horse that, you know, it, it couldn't, you know, I had him locked up and this horse comes sweeping by and you're just like, yeah, that happens every day to you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what I guess I guess what I'm trying to say here is what would you get? What kind of advice would you give anybody that maybe not obviously no one's doing what you're doing, right? Anybody that's betting horses a decent amount, taking some tough beats, yeah, and having kind of the you know all you know money that you can afford to lose, right? But like has the will. Like what do you? What kind of advice do you give somebody to kind of stay with it? This is the this is such a well-timed question. You you have no idea. So, uh, let's see. What day would that have been? Uh, my, my days get confused. I think it was Sat. Yeah, Saturday morning in Las Vegas. Um, John White texts me at like eight in the morning. He's already in the sports book, right? So I'm like, I'm hungover pretty <laughs> bad. Way, awesome. And uh, but I'm like, you know, I don't. I really never have got an opportunity to talk to John one-on-one -on -one and it not be about this major breeders cup race coming up or just the relief that it's over type of thing. Right. So I went down there 
And one of the things I asked him, I said, the, the thing that I still struggle with, even though we're this far into it now, is how do you bounce back from losses? I just, I still have trouble doing that. And he laughed. He said, there's just, there's no like answer to that. But he said, I'll tell you a story. One day he was at the sports book. This was back probably, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know how long specifically. And he said, I just happened to sit by a guy who basically wrote the book on sports betting. And the guy told him, he's like, look, there isn't a shortcut. There isn't anything you can do. Once the game starts, it's going to, whatever happens, going to happen. Yeah. All you can do is work as hard as you can to come up with the angles that you play and know that you've done everything you could do. You worked as hard as you could on it. And then however it plays out, that's just how it plays out. And you have to get to that mindset. You can't let it eat you up. Like, you know, you can't sit here and watch this game and be cussing the whole time. If something bad happens, he goes, you can't do it. You just have to look up and go, well, it didn't go the way I thought, but you, you get to that point when you know, in your head, you've done everything you could do to try to do the best you could for that specific race game, whatever. And if you've done that, just live with it after that, because you can't control it. You're trying to predict the future. He said, I, I spend hours and hours and hours and I miss these games, you know, with all the time, but you know, you just have to put in the work and you will beat the game if you put in the work, but you're going to miss a lot of things. So just get over it. And I mean, honestly, like that's very simple advice, but to hear it from John white and to hear it from, I can't remember the guy's name. It kind of just makes you think, Hey, there isn't really a secret. You're some days. It's just not going to be your day type of thing. Yeah. You know, and Kevin makes a good point. It's like, when you do watch them and because he's like, obviously he wants to bet them and then just not watch them because then you become, it's so aggravating. Yep. It's, I mean, different sports is different than horse racing because horse racing is so quick and you know, there's well, unless it's the last race at 9 PM on a Saturday night, it's usually another race to come. Right. And so mm-hmm. it happens to it's last for a minute or two and, and then you're right or wrong. And, and there's another race in 20 minutes or whatever it is. And so with, with sports, you say you're all over, you know, a team and, and then they just like, I, they can't get out of their own way and they're constantly dropping passes and you know, whatever. You're just like, why did I think the chiefs could cover? Uh, it gets, it gets very aggravating the longer yeah. you go. Yeah. And, uh, John just texted me. The name was Lim banker was the guy's name. Um, and I, John, I knew it started with an L, but I didn't want to mess it up. So thanks for texting me that. Yeah. But, and, and again, it, again, it, 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 when you ask somebody like John, you're like, okay, he's no, he knows the secret of this. Cause it, I mean, losses bother John, but it doesn't seem like he really frets him for all that long. He's some like a big one maybe, but overall he's into the next thing and it, there isn't any kind of secret. It's just, yeah. Hey, you got to work as hard as you can. I think for me, it's like when you put out the Bibles that we do, or you put out the best bets every day that we do and you lose a best bet. You, you do just kind of feel like shit, honestly, to be completely honest. And he just, he didn't really say, Hey, don't feel like shit. But he, by, by talking to him, it's like, look, I did the absolute best I could do. I didn't half ass it. I did the best I could do. I use strategies that have worked, you know, two, three days in a row 
it just didn't turn out the way we saw it today. And it doesn't mean you're an awful person or, or you're terrible at what you do. It's trying to predict a future event. And that's not an easy thing to do, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, the only, uh, it's hard for like, you know, those Bibles when we, you know, or even a day at the track or whatever, where you just feel it, it becomes frustrating. But at the end of the day, like when I stop and like, look back i'm like man you know i i put in that's that's the hardest part is for us especially it's like when you put in literally hours and hours of work and dedication and you go oh for 20 in the oaks and derby days or whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. and it's like what am i doing right like this is this is insane um yeah but at the end of the day, I know I put the effort in and I know that the exact same effort I put in is what I cashed big at the Preakness and I cashed big at the Belmont. So it's like, it's just hard to kind of, you kind of have to have that mindset of like you, you said it. And then like John said, it's like you put in the work yeah, and then what happens happens, right? You're going to have really good days. You're going to have really bad days. But I think the hardest part for me is when I, you, you maybe you don't feel like you put enough time in. Right. And then you, mm-hmm. then you made a bet and you're like, that was that you feel really dumb about that. Yeah. I mean, and I think when it comes to like personal bets, that, that is definitely something I, I don't, I, well, it, we've all done that personally. Right. When you're yeah. just like, Oh, I'll just bet this real quick or whatever. If, you know? if it's on the site, the time's been put into it. I'll say that, but yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't do it this time, but I've done it in the past. You show up with a sports book and there's three or four people talking about a game. You're like, oh, I'll bet that game, you know? And it's like, then yeah. they're down 20 to nothing. And you're like, why? I didn't even look at that game. Why did I do that? That was so yeah. dumb. Like that happens. That definitely yeah. happens a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it is, uh, it's, it can be a very, um, uh, it, it mentally, it can be very tough I, is the way to sum that up. It, yeah. You've got, and I, I realize it and I realized before I even asked him, but you just have to kind of get to that mindset of, look, I, I did it the best I could and it didn't, it didn't work out today. You know, and I'll tell you this, like Kevin, you're right. And, and I, I know we both feel it. It's been when it comes to the Bibles and Haltzman kind of, he, he set me down one time and after we started doing the Bibles, cause like if people don't like the guys prior were, were Haltzman kind of, they were more general sense and yeah. kind of gave some opinions and obviously gave picks, but the Bibles, if you've bought the Bibles, and obviously we'll have one coming out here soon for the Pegasus, but is they're very cut and dry. Or not, we don't say cut and dry. They're very hit or miss. It's like we, you know, Haltzman are giving our exact picks, and we either have great days or we have bad days. I mean, that's really that's betting, right? Um, and so the pressure magnified immensely when we started doing the Bibles, and Haltzman kind of was like, "Well, welcome to my world," kind of thing, because I was feeling it you know, for one of the first times, as far as like, here's how my picks are, you know, I'm, I, you know, you feel the pressure and it's, it's, it's tough, right? Because it's not just my bet. It's mm-hmm. a thousand other guys that are betting our bet. And if people don't, maybe don't believe us or don't, who don't know us, I guess don't believe us, but like we feel more pressure on doing that than my, like I'm more nervous that, it doesn't do well versus me making money on that pick. If that makes sense. hundred percent. And I, I, you know, I, I know when Papa dude kind of started the best bets, he was very kind of expressing those concerns to me as well. It's just like, I, 
if I lose, like I, it's okay, but if, I don't want to lose other people's money. And I was like, look, if they want the product, that's, they know, they understand, like, you know, you're, they're not going to hate you or anything like that, you know, but at the same time, you're right. You're, you just feel very, very exposed. And, but look, I mean, the bottom line is people want plays, people want pigs. So you just do it, you know, and it, 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 I, I think the derbies this year was we've never had anything like hap- like that happen to us ever in, in 10 years of doing this. And we haven't since, and we haven't before. And that was the toughest couple of weeks ever uh, of the website ever. So hopefully that doesn't happen again, but you do know in the back of your head, no matter what you do, it will probably happen again at some point. Yeah, that one was like, it kind of felt like the perfect storm, right? You know, that was just, yeah. Maybe, but we've all had days where, yeah, like you say, bad days, but you might hit one or two and kind of evens it out a little bit. You don't feel as terrible of a handicapper, but boy, that day you just felt like, like you said earlier, there could be five horses in the race and you somehow, and you picked all five and you still lost somehow. It just, you, it just felt like you could not, could not do anything right. And so, Those days are tough, but uh, yeah, this was uh, didn't mean for the segment to kind of carry on, but it's good, it's solid, and and yeah, Shotty, we're gonna we'll tell tell Magic to make make this its own little segment here, its own video, because this is good stuff, stuff that I think everybody needs to. I think we all feel it, right? Whether it's just you handicapping or if you're handicapping yeah. for the website, um, anybody that's ever kind of come on and done uh, done the shows with us or offered up picks or whatever that's when they like that's what we always they always the 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 pressure becomes a totally different game right yeah yeah absolutely it's uh it's magnified for sure um so anybody that you know anybody that 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 kind of oh this will be fun and then when you have that pressure of oh shit i just told you know however many people to listen to this who to play and they finish eighth (laughs) no that's not that's not that fun that doesn't feel that good yeah, and that's every day for me. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, Curtis, I I completely agree with you. And there's a there's gonna be there's gonna be a video coming out probably tomorrow yeah. uh, that you're gonna you're gonna hear more about the Tabat Trice hatred. Um, yeah, that I love. I love. That. Yeah, it, I, it, I, I love it, to hate that horse. <laughs> it's definitely um, the Derby has been a weird thing. So um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the golden ticket episode is a solid one too, Mike or Kevin. That's uh, yeah, golden ticket was great. I loved that episode. <laughs> it yeah. shows up to work wearing the Willy Wonka outfit. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. It was twice. <laughs> all right, guys, that's a that's a wrap. But I guess rapid fire was over. Um, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for a free picks on our on our products page. Click the uh, get racing news premium button on the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Go check out the bets best bets page right now just go to the main menu there you'll see best bets halterman is on a heater right now magic's been mm-hmm. hot too he's up to up to four over four grand in profit <laughs> halterman's about to hit that ten thousand mark but man just uh just last night cashed in on a massive exact 1300 uh 1325 to be exact at charlestown yep. last night halterman. that was huge <laughs> of all places yeah yeah so I played a I played a one over two three exacta in the first race uh, that would have been uh, Wednesday night at Charlestown. I, I I really loved the one. Obviously, put him on top. knew the knew the price wouldn't be there to play a win. So I thought I'll I'll play the two three. 
So the two, I think, was paying, you know, like five bucks for a dollar. The three was paying like 28 bucks for a dollar. And I played it for 50 bucks. So they turned for home and I'm like, the one's in great shape. This two is quitting because the two was in second. And this three is flying. And he's up the rail. And I'm like, oh, he's getting the perfect trip. Mid stretch, it's like there's no doubt the three is getting second. <laughs> so the two's out of it. It's one three. But the three ran so well. The one won by about that much. It was so <laughs> tight at the wire. So they call the photo, and I'm like, I think the one got it, but I'm not sure. It was so close. But anyway, I think the three was like 36 to one, and I don't know why the horse went off that high. That was kind of odd. But anyway, it was a good story. Uh, today, not so good. Uh, lost two bets today, but we'll be back tomorrow. There you go. Just the perfect, uh, you know, we just talked about it, right? You, get, you listen to this episode again if yep. you need help, you know, but uh, yeah. It's an, always another day and uh, another opportunity. And and I think, um, you know, your betting is I, the way you bet is, is, it's a little combo. I think, you know, you, you're, you, yeah. you've kind of, you're, some of the bets are, are, I wouldn't say chalky, but like, okay, this horse can't, I like this horse to win. I'm a bet, just simple bet, win bet, but you know, obviously a $1,300 exacta, you know, $50 exacta, almost a cold one. Uh, and that to me is kind of what I've gravitated gravitated to as well. Like having that opinion and then having two underneath or maybe I, I try to, I, I don't, I very rarely will play like multiple horses in each spot. You know, I, I like to have an opinion and sometimes it's a, it's a, it's the opposite very rarely, but sometimes it's like, I really don't think this horse can win, but his ass is running second, you know, yeah. to somebody, I don't know who's going to beat him. It's one of these two that are going to beat him, And then I'll put two in front of them, but no, mostly it's like kind of like the way you played it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it's it, I've tried to mix it up. I, I've really had to work hard to kind of get it exactly how I want it, which I, I kind of do now. And yeah, I just try to mix up wins and exactas. And I, I've really liked the straight, you know, exacta, you know, one over one. And then I, I really like the one horse over two horses as well. So it's been a good run. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's it's ups and downs, man. So We'll see. Today was not uh, was not great, but uh, I also had a horse scratch that I really liked at Delta, so that kind of hurt it too. All right, we're on uh, Twitter at at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Oh, we're on uh, <laughs> we're on uh, the old TikTok now. Right. Go check out the TikTok page. Uh, I know you all on TikTok, Kevin. It sounds like you have been on TikTok watching another man attempt. A whole, I, I read that quickly, and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you're doing a hole and a grown man. And I don't know, but there you go. Watched a grown man try to attempt a hole in one. Did he ever, did he ever make it? I'd like to know. I haven't heard of that one, but yeah, we're on TikTok, So make sure you go uh, check out that page as well. You find all episodes of blinkers off by visiting our podcast page, Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, all the places you listen to. We are there. Make sure you like this video, subscribe, uh, hit that notification bell. When we go live, we get, you get alerted for those as well. The magic Mike show uh, Saturdays, Coast to Coast Pick 5 from Gulfstream and Santanita. That is live now, so make sure you go check out that podcast when you're done listening uh, to this one. Halterman, your time. Your, your, your time to clock out, buddy. It's been a day. It's been a day. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll be back tomorrow for uh, Dudes Who Bet Daily. We'll be live at uh, 11 a.m., right, uh, yep. Central? Yep. So make sure you check that out. Um, Ooh, let's see how Let's see how Papa Dude's bet's doing from today. Hold on here. Let's see. He it, liked it, Wisconsin Green Bay today. 
That's going to be hard to find. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Oh, he bet uh, Wisconsin Green Bay minus two and a half. Current score Wisconsin Green Bay 60, Detroit Mercy 34. What a play! <laughs> wow. I got to text him. That's amazing. Hey, uh, do you have. Any well, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you give me a college football pick, but like we're we're one week out. A lot of these teams are, have solidified their playoff chances. I mean, at this point, who you who you thinking for the NFL? NFL, I you it's funny. John and I kind of called it three weeks ago. We thought we thought Ravens and 49ers would be would kind of be the story of the of the postseason, and it kind of feels like that's been confirmed a little bit more. Uh, as of now, um, the problem I think, dude, is like, who are you supposed to be interested in, in the NFC? If not San Francisco, I don't know. Who are you supposed to be interested in the AFC? Really? Buffalo, maybe they're, they're on a run right now. I mean, the only team that I feel like, I mean, the only team that could did knock out the the four is the 49ers or the Eagles, and when that didn't happen, the Eagles just feel like they're too they're just not the same, right? No, yeah. um, it'd be and shocked. Then, and then with the AFC, it, it golly, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought the 49ers would just beat the, I thought they would beat the hell out of, of the Ravens. And I'll tell, yeah, I would say this: if I was going to give you a team that's like that's not all the other ones, it's the Browns. I, I can't remember who I told. Maybe it was you. I Me? Someone, yeah, I was like, I do not want to. I absolutely do not want to play the Browns the way that defense is, which is the best in the league, yep. and the way that Joe Flacco, of all people, who has a Super Bowl ring, by the way, and he has a defense to do it, just like he did when he won the last one. I I don't think they're going to win it all or get to the, the Super Bowl, but they're going to be a tough out for anybody, including, so, the, including the Ravens. They're going to play... Most likely, well, they're going to play one of these three. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Houston, right off the bat. One of yep. those three. They'll beat, they'll beat all of them. They should. If they do, like you said, then they go to Baltimore. To me, if I'm Baltimore, I don't want to play Cleveland because of the divisional matchup. It's a rivalry. Yeah. I wouldn't want to play them. So, I agree. I, I wouldn't. Joe Blacko, man, he's playing like a MVP. I wouldn't bet the Browns, but 35 to one is not crazy. <laughs> if the, if the Browns had a, had a quarterback like Baker, they, they wouldn't be in this position. Although he's playing all, unbelievable in Tampa. So I was going to say he's, they're going to be in the playoffs most likely if they can beat Carolina. And so I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody had that either. So no, no, he's, he's I, played really well out there. I, I, just goes to show you what a different, different situation, different coaching, different scheme, uh, whatever can do for a guy. Cause he looked dead in the water. He looked like he may never play a start another game in his NFL career. And now he's, he's shredding them out there in Tampa, which is, which is cool to see. Cause you know, um, I know you love Baker, but, uh, yeah, I'd say, boy, the Ravens just, and it's funny too. The Ravens were like that team all year. We were like, and I, I think I specifically even remember having this conversation out at, when we were out there for the Breeders' Cup. And I think John said, like, well, let's not, for, let's not forget about the Ravens either. You know, like, they're kind of that team that's sort of sneaking in. Like, they keep keep winning in the game. They shouldn't. And just like every game that feels like the 49ers, like, 
no one they can't beat the 49ers. Well, they beat the hell out of them. Oh, and oh, by the way, Lamar's gonna win MVP. Uh, and deservingly so, right? Um mm-hmm. it, he's playing well. The defense has played awesome all year. They're I mean, I told Cohen because I'm trying to get, you know, you know, his his <laughs> his mind right is like I said, the, I said the Chiefs aren't beating the Ravens. No matter I don't know it might be another team that beats us, to be honest, but we're not beating the Ravens. So it's uh it's they're they're a tough game, tough team. I think it should be Ravens 49ers again. That's what it should be. Because those are the two best teams in football. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I do I think the Ravens, just because of their history, kind of playoff games with Lamar. I I think they're a little more shaky than San Francisco, even though I know they went out there and beat them. I still I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if the Ravens got beat. Yeah, and you can and, and, and you wonder too with, with Brock. I mean, he had that MVP locked up and he just mm-hmm. shit it away, man. Like, so yeah. you kind of wonder what that was like his first kind of big game where he didn't get hurt, right? Where he just looked awful. Yep. And that's scary as we head into the playoffs as well. If you're a 49ers fan, although I'm not too concerned, but still, that wasn't great. No, it wasn't. I, I just, I don't have any like confidence that like Dallas or Detroit will can beat the 49ers. Yeah. I, where I think, you know, Cleveland might be able to beat the Ravens. You know, if the Bills, let's say they win Sunday, they're going to be red hot. I mean, the it's not impossible the Chiefs could beat the Ravens. Like, like I think the Ravens' path is tougher. I really do. Last question but, I want to ask you because I am generally interested in who who would you say is been the who's going to win the Rookie of the Year? Is it is it Puka or is it CJ? probably CJ Stroud because he's a, he's a quarterback and they, they usually win it. Um, cause Puka, I, I would say it, it couldn't Puka set the record this <laughs> yeah. Sunday. If he, I mean, it'd be hard to not give it to him. That's true. But That's I agree. True. But cause CJ's like that, that, that organization was dead. Yeah. And now they're going to the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks unbelievable. Like he looks like it, he doesn't look like a guy. It's like, just, I mean, he looks like he is the answer yep. for a long time out there. And you add him to tank Dell and yep. some of those guys they have going, I mean, that's they're solid. And so, yeah, I think, I think he's a future MVP, honestly. Um, CJ. Yep. He, I, I think they're both very, very good. Uh, Puka was definitely not one I thought would like stick. No. I thought he'd be okay, but I didn't think he'd be like, to this level after that, that first couple of games, you know, and he, right. he's been yeah. great. So, um, but you know, CJ Stroud's, he hasn't single-handedly, but the, the narrative is he's single-handedly turned around the franchise, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think CJ will win it. It's a quarterback, kind of a quarterback, um, award anyways. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, all right. That's all. That's all the time we have. Uh, until next time I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Thanks for tuning in and good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the racing dudes. Hey, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do to make our dreams come true? Hey, Mr. Scott, what you gonna do? What you gonna do to make our dreams come true?